What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. Whatever you don't submit to Jesus and his Holy Spirit will hinder you, deplete you, and or deceive you. Whatever temptation or struggle in your flesh that you don't submit to the Holy Spirit will rob you, and I need you to catch this, will rob you of your faith, your family, and your future. We often compromise for tempting situations, not realizing that temptation is just that. It's temporary. I wish I had somebody. When you fall into temptation, I want to let you know that there's always more at stake than what we think in the moment. Temptation is a vicious beast because it tears our connection with God. It breaks our accountability and trust with God and with people. Look at what the book of James chapter 1 verse 13 through 15 says. Is it all right if I, if I take the slow walk today? If, is it all right if I take the scenic route today? I, um, I, I, I got a little preaching inside of me today but I, but I really want to establish some solid foundation today James chapter 1 verse 13 through 15 because we have to go to the word it says this when tempted no one should say God is tempting me God is not the one that tempts for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each person here it is is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed so it is your desires. Can I tell you that a temptation, if it doesn't look good, feel good, it's not a temptation. <laughs> the enemy and the flesh will always present what you like, your desire. And it's when we are dragged away by our own desire and enticed. Then it says, after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Because everything, every issue, Every temptation that we don't submit to the Holy Spirit will rob us of our faith, our family, and our future. There's been several studies that's been done over the years, but uh, there, there was a study that I found years ago that I, I thought it would be really awesome to share because the statistics are, are, are really eye-opening when it comes to temptations, and it tracked the top temptations that Americans face, and when people were surveyed on what they struggle with, here are, here are what they placed often or sometimes too. Procrastination or putting things off, a major temptation. Eating too much. A major temptation. Amen. <laughs> Spending too much time on social media. A major temptation. Worrying or being anxious. A major temptation. Here's what they put on the survey. Being lazy. A major temptation. Spending more money than we can afford. A major temptation. Gossiping about others. Hating and not participating. A major temptation. Being jealous or envious. A major temptation. Viewing pornography or sexually explicit material. A major temptation. Abusing alcohol or drugs. 
a major temptations. Watch this. And when they asked these folks who were surveyed if they tried or did anything specific to avoid these temptations, watch this, 41% of them said yes. 59% of them said no. So when people were asked why they give in to temptations, many people said, I'm not really sure. Some said to escape or get away from life or quote unquote real life. Some said to feel less pain or loneliness. Some said to satisfy other people's expectations of me. If you are a believer, I want to speak to you today because while the struggle of the flesh is real. I want to let you know that you serve a God that is even more real. That while the temptations are great, when I look up, down, and all around, I want to let you know that, the, that, that, that as the song says, we are surrounded by a God that is mightier. So if I have the Holy Spirit, I have good news for you. Your sin, your temptation is not greater than the God that you serve and the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. No temptation, no sin is greater than the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary for your life. So today, I need you to say I'm sick and tired of this and I'm ready for change. Is there anybody on the chat that will keep it real with me today? Now, I need to break this down because, because the Lord prompted me, shifted my entire series, and led me to speak on this because I believe that there's going to be breakthroughs. There's some people that have been in bondage for years. There's some people that you can't even talk about the things that you struggle with in the flesh. When people see you, everything is great. You're, you're blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. But, but when you're by yourself, there's a thorn, there's a struggle in your flesh. But I have good news. Oh, uh, and I'm speaking this thing because I believe it that today that this season is your season of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Ah, uh, let me let me let me get into the word because we're gonna spend a whole month on this so let me take my time I just want to I want to share this word out of first John chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 in first John chapter 2 verse 15 and 17 I hope you have your Bibles I hope you're taking notes I hope that you're jotting this stuff down because it, it's gonna help you look at what first John chapter 2 verse 15 and 17 says it says do not love the world wow. now now, this is confusing because in John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. So, so, so I need to break this down because, because is it do we love the world or do we not love the world? I need, I need to break it down because oftentimes in the original language, there was only, there, there was several different meanings or words. And in our English translation, we only get one word. So, so, so I need to break this down. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are to love the world in the sense of loving on people, but not loving the system. Not loving the, the, the way that culture does things to a point where it overrides our biblical standards. So when it's saying do not love the world, it's saying don't indulge or be a part of the way the world does things. Because you're called to be in the world, but you are not of the world. So it says do not love the world, it's system, all right? The patterns of the world. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says do not be conformed to the patterns, the way the world does things. I'm feeling 
this thing. So it says, do not love the world, anything of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, here it is, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. Someone say it's temporary. temporary. We often make permanent decisions based on temporary situations, temptations. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. It says lust of the flesh Lust of the eyes, the pride of life. What is lust? To lust is to, the biblical word for lust is also covet. It means to yearn or have a strong desire for something or someone that does not belong to you. To lust is to yearn or have a strong desire to have something that does not belong to you. I want to break down lust because we often confuse it. People say, I'm in love, but you're really in lust. But I want to I wanna let you know that lust always takes away and it never satisfies. You think that you're being satisfied because in the moment that you give in to the temptation, it feels good. It's pleasing for just a moment, but it always is needing more and more and more because lust will always take away, but true genuine love will always give. That's why the only true love that can fully satisfy is the love of Jesus. Like, like Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, he said, you're thirsty for water. I, if you knew, I'll give you water. I'll give you life. I'll give you an abundant life. And you will never thirst again. Because to lust is to, is to have life taken away from you. But true, genuine love always gives. Now, I want to break down the, the lust of the flesh. I want to break down the lust of the eyes. And I want to break down the pride of life. Because these are the vicious temptations of sin that we need to overcome. All right? So just write it down right there in your notebook. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We are, if you break down any sin in your life, it will fall under either of these categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Now, let me break down the first point, the lust of the flesh. When we talk about the lust of the flesh, it's the temptation to feel physical pleasure but getting physical pleasure out of sinful activity to do something to make the flesh feel satisfied and it can involve any type of activity that will bring pleasure to the body but dishonor God sexual sins can we talk about it I know it might I, I don't know what the chat looks like right now but I'm, I came to speak that real because I want to help somebody in the name of Jesus sexual sins gossip physical violence drug use marijuana pills cocaine alcohol I mean etc 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 all of these things are to gratify the flesh but dishonors the Lord and his word and here's the thing we often make these permanent decisions based on what we need in the flesh now realizing that it's robbing us of our faith. Now realizing that it's robbing us from life. Now realizing that it's robbing us from our family and our destiny in God. So when we are faced with the lust of the flesh, because it's real, we have to halt. Someone say halt. That's an acronym. H-A-L-T. I'm going to help somebody today. Don't make permanent decisions when you are hungry. I'm, I came to get re really practical today. You ever, you ever met somebody, and by that somebody I'm testifying about myself, you just, you just get irritable when you're hungry. Amen. And you end up saying and doing things for a moment. And when you really think about it, are you, are you, can we keep it real? Are you really at the point of starvation? You acting all crazy because you're hungry in your flesh. 
<laughs> and you and you are acting out, lashing out, speaking and doing things. Hey, I'm gonna just keep it real. I have that testimony. The Holy Spirit has had to work with me. <laughs> I've had to submit that to the Holy Spirit myself. And what we don't realize is that we are impacting our eternal salvation over temporary need because we're hungry. You, someone say it's temporary. You got to watch your anger. Because your anger will lead you to say and do things to, di- to dishonor God in the flesh because of a moment. In a moment where you lose your cool, in a moment where the blood flow isn't going quite to your head, in a moment where you are in a fit, where you are in a rage, but what you're not realizing is that you are affecting your eternal salvation based on a temporary desire to just lash out. Anger is such a vicious thing, and we have to fall into the temptation of of giving in to our anger. But the Holy Spirit is calling somebody today to not give in to the temptation of anger. Someone is calling not to give in to the temptation of loneliness. Can I tell you, it's temporary. Someone put on the chat, it's temporary. Don't give in to that late night text because of a moment of loneliness. Don't give in to that scrolling that is vicious and leading you into a path and a pit and a cycle that you can't break from for a moment of temporary relief. That's why it's a temptation. It is temporary. We often, we often fall into this pit because we feel, we feel, we say we feel lonely, not realizing that we're never lonely. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You can be alone, you can be single, you can be by yourself and not be lonely. Can I tell you that you have the greatest help? You have the greatest source of comfort. You have the Lord Jesus that says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. In your late night hour, I'm there with you. When you're shedding tears, when you're by yourself, I am with you. When you feel like nobody loves you, Jesus says, I am there with you. Don't give in to that temporary moment because of a temporary feeling. It's temporary. And you have a church family that's surrounding you with love, with accountability, with prayer. We are there for you. Don't give in for moments of loneliness. Because what happens is when we're lonely, we try to fill the holes of our loneliness and and, and what our soul desires. But what we're not realizing that is leading us to destructive paths. Loneliness. Someone say you got to halt. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta realize that you can't make permanent decisions when you're tired. <laughs> you can't make permanent decisions when you are emotionally, spiritually, physically tired. Think about how you treat people when you're tired. Think about how you act when you're tired. It's we all get fatigued. We all battle that in in in, in moments of exhaustion. We still have to go about life. But that's why the scripture tells us in Matthew that we need to find a place of rest in the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all just need to really take a good nap. Because you're making, can we just keep it real? Because you are acting a fool because you're just tired. And you're, in a, you're emotionally in a haywire and all you really need is a good nap, baby. Someone said in my living room, I received that. <laughs> so some of you are impacting your relationships and your marriages. Baby, you need to rest. Don't give in and making permanent decisions based on temporary weariness 
entireness. So there's the lust of the flesh, what we often give in because our bodies are asking for things. But we need to put our flesh under subjection of the Holy Spirit. We have to put our eyes under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Someone say, we got to watch out for the lust of the eyes. Someone say, you got you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta guard your eyes. The lust of the eyes is the temptation to look upon things that you know you shouldn't look upon. <laughs> if we just keep it real, looking upon things that we shouldn't be looking at to have things that you know doesn't belong to you. We cast our eyes upon something because of the pleasure, because of what it looks like, because of how appealing it is. But not really, we don't realize that our eyes are a gate. And our eyes are a gate, if you will. Our eyes are a window into our mind, will, intellect, emotions, and in our spirit. So what you are observing, what you are looking at constantly is taking hold of your mind. It's taking hold of your emotions, your spirit. So what you need to realize is your eyes, baby, God gave you these eyes not to covet, not to lust, but to honor him with them. So when you are looking upon something that is not honoring him, it's affecting your soul. You're saying this don't hurt just a little bit. Now realizing that little by little by little, it is consuming you of your faith. It is consuming you of your future. It is consuming you of your family. Or hey, can I speak to some singles? Your future family. Because the decisions that you make today will, will also reap a harvest in the future. So if you sow seeds in your singleness of honor, you will see in your future how you will reap an honor in your family and in your future. So we got to watch out for these eyes because these eyes are vicious. Ooh. You know, one time I was really battling. Can we just keep it real? I was battling with lust of the eyes. So I went to one of my pastors very concerned. And I said, I said, Pastor, listen, this was years ago. I was a young man. And I said, Pastor, listen, man, I'm really struggling. Uh, lust of the eyes. And then I said, I need, I need a deep revelation. I'm talking about give me the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. Give me, give me, the, give me, give me the Moses revelation when he went to the, to the mountain to fast for 40 days. And, and you know what he told me? He said, I have that revelation. I said, amen. I grabbed my Bible. I, I, I sat down and I said, I'm ready. And he said, I'll give you the revelation. It's in two words. He said, don't look. Amen. <laughs> this is good. Don't look. <laughs> I was waiting for something deeper. But he said, when you're walking and you just quickly observe something, he said, just turn back around. You don't have to look. When you're on your phone and you come across something that looks appealing, you already know that that is your desire. So keep on scrolling. Ignore that thing. Block that thing. Get rid of it. Unrequest. Get rid of it and don't look. Either we believe the word of God or we don't. So if he says, I've given you power, love, and a sound mind, but here we are as believers saying, but I don't have control over this, and the Holy Spirit is saying, you have self-control. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. He who the sun sets free, it doesn't say maybe they're free. It says you are free indeed. He said, don't look. <laughs> Look at what the, this is not on the screen. Let me just read this to you. Luke chapter 11, verse 34 through 36. Your eye is a lamp. In Luke chapter 11, verse 34 and 36, your eye is a lamp. It is a lamp, it says. 
that provides light for the body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no darkness in your corners, then your whole life will be radiant as the floodlight were filling you with light. Ah. Jesus said it this way. I got to bring this thing home. I don't know if I'm already losing people on the on the chat I don't know if I'm losing you but I just I got to speak this because this is your season of deliverance this is your season of freedom I want to let you know Jesus put it this way he says if you look with lust you've already committed adultery in your heart Jesus in the spirit just looking because you don't even have to commit the physical act once you've contemplated it this is how temptation works you just you ease your way into it you know, people say, I, I fell into temptation. No, we plan to fall in it. Because if you were just to fall, it's like there's a ditch there and you just so happy, you know, whoop, you just fell in it. But, but, but can we keep it real? The way sin works is we first conceive it. Then we plan. Then we make the bookings and the arrangements. I wish I had somebody. Pastor, how you know? Because I have that testimony. And the Lord set me free too. <laughs> you just don't fall. You conceive and then it gives birth, the Bible says. Don't look. You have the pride of life. The pride of life is that temptation of excess greatness and to build and puff oneself. The whole book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom, it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. When you are fearful of the Lord, you reverence and you are humbled before the Lord. But it says pride comes before the fall. Pride will get you. And, and the temptation to be prideful is great because we live in a society. Can we talk? We live in a society that is about worshiping people, worshiping popularity, worshiping status, worshiping likes, worshiping possessions. But can I tell you that that pride, baby, your head going to be so big, you won't be able to, to fit through that door. You're going to get knocked down. Pride comes before the fall. I've seen it time after time after time. Anybody who's ever been prideful, whether it's ministry, whether it's in the world, before before. Uh, before they knew it, sooner or later, that fall was getting ready to come. Any time that I've been prideful, the Lord himself humbled me. Because the Bible says that when you're prideful, the Lord will humble you. But those who are humble, the Bible says he will exalt you. The pride of life is a desire to get glory for things that God did and you didn't do. The pride of life is desiring for people to worship us. Look at me. The pride of life is a desire to be, to be valued more than others. They're not doing what I'm doing. I need to get more credit for this. Baby, watch out for the pride of life. Desiring to have positions of power uh, over others in a way that puffs your ego. You want that position and that title for your own ego, not for the glory of God. Baby, you've got to watch out for the pride of life because that, that need and that desire is temporary. Then after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. Am I teaching good? Yes. Let me know in the chat if I'm teaching good today. The temptation of lust or lust itself, can I tell you, is never satisfied. 
it's never satisfied. It's like having a bag and you're trying to hold something in, but not realizing that bag has a hole in it. And the more you try to fill it, it's just coming out on the other end. And you're trying to fill it. And you're trying to seek fulfillment. You're trying to seek power. You're trying to seek a sense of security. You're trying to seek a sense of belonging. You're trying to seek a sense of, of being loved and, 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 and receiving affection, not realizing that that lust is just taking life. As early as Genesis, when we see the fall of man in Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were faced with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Eve saw that the tree was good. There was restrictions. There were limitations. God said, you can have all of this. <laughs> this is how crazy because we do this to this day. I do this. And we need to submit it to the Holy Spirit. God says, you can have all of this. This is the one that I've put a boundary on. <laughs> and we can have all of this. We're so blessed in our marriage, but you still over here looking at that one. You blessed with a good husband. You got all that blessing. Yeah, he got a belly, but you blessed. <laughs> Shout out to Whole Fit. We coming back. Don't worry. <laughs> you, you fully blessed. But this one and you just. God has called you with a purpose and an assignment for your life. And, and, and by fulfilling that assignment, you will live a blessed life, an abundant life. And this one thing that is just taking life, you keep drawing to that. And Adam and Eve saw that the tree was good for food. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It says, that the, the Bible says that they thought it was pleasant to the eyes, the forbidden fruit. The Bible says it was desirable to make one wise. They gave in to lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. We fall because of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But I have good news for somebody today. I have good news for somebody today to let you know that what man lost in the fall in Genesis, Jesus restored at the cross of Calvary. Jesus is the one that restored it, what we lost at the cross of Calvary. Jesus was also tempted in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. For we don't have a high priest that cannot empathize, sympathize with us. He says he was tempted on all points, but did not sin. After he fasted for 40 days, after he was in the wilderness, the Bible says that he was also tempted, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But every time that he was tempted those three times by the devil. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He said, he said to him, turn these stones into bread. 
He said, cast yourself from the mountain. He said, worship me and I'll give you the dominions of the world. He was tempted also, but every time that he was attacked, every time he faced temptation, he will come back and say, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. He will come back with the word of God. He will come back full of the spirit. I want to, I feel like preaching this thing now. It's time for somebody to tell the devil in your flesh, you will not rob me of my future. You will not rob me of my faith you will not rob me of my family I renounce I release and I submit to the Holy Spirit it is written when Jesus faced temptation he will reply it is written it is written it is written I want to let somebody know that the same power that Jesus was given in the wilderness because Jesus died gave his life was buried and resurrected from the dead the same spirit now resides on somebody's life I want to let you know that you can renounce the power of the flesh and declare you will not take my life I'm sick of this you're not going to take my life. You're not going to take my ministry. Somebody need to speak to their flesh. Somebody need to talk to themselves. Somebody need to go look, look at themselves in a mirror and tell themselves in a mirror, my God is greater than the need of my flesh. My, the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the power of my sin. He says my grace is sufficient to you. How I feel the glory of God. Someone needs to tell the devil, tell your flesh, tell your thoughts, you will not rob me of my future, of my faith, and of my family. Hallelujah. I want to speak to somebody because the way we receive that power, the way that we are indwelled with the grace to overcome, the way that we receive the daily dose of strength that we need, is through the power of Jesus on the cross. You can't do it on your own. You've tried it on your own. Can't do it on your own. You need a power that is greater. You need a source that is higher. You need daily grace. You need daily strength. You need daily power. And it only comes through Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.